Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. As you may know, or as you've heard in previous episodes, I have collaborated with Meg Lamb. Meg is a premier relationship coach specializing in codependence and establishing boundaries. Well, we created a group coaching program around creating boundaries, basically diving deep in establishing your self-identity. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking about boundaries. I've been evaluating the boundaries that I've put in place over the years, where may I need boundaries that I have neglected in putting in boundaries? I, was, I had trouble spitting that out. <laughs> and, and just reassessing the power of boundaries. My life changed when I was 27, when I began establishing boundaries for my life. And essentially a boundary is a fence. It's a, it's a creation by you to establish where you end and another begins. You can think of it as a fence between neighbors. Another way I like to think about it is in the sports arena. Now, I used to play basketball, and on a basketball court, there are definite inbounds and out-of-bounds. And then there are rules of play and time, which is a boundary, four quarters, and all of it together creates the rules for the game basically to create a sense of equity between the teams, to provide a sense of fairness, an opportunity for both teams to win. Now, there's usually only a winner and a loser inside that kind of game. Inside an intimate relationship, we strive for a win-win solution. And that goal of a win-win solution is a boundary that uh, I've set for myself. I strive to have a win-win in every relationship. Because not everyone wants the same thing. So I can win and you can win easily. And sometimes we do want the same thing. And then when we realize that we're working for the same goal, the petty and trivial differences that we were arguing over can fall away. So in my thinking about boundaries, I established a list of must-have personal boundaries. Because Actually, somebody asked me that. And I always love it when people ask me questions because it makes me or uh, inspires me to think in different ways. And so I made a short list of must-have personal boundaries for satisfaction and happiness. And I'm going to discuss that today inside the podcast. Now, if you want a list, if you want a printed list, you can go to yesdaniel.com and request this list so you have a printed copy. So the first must-have personal boundary, and it, let, me, let me just clarify this, all boundaries are for you. They're not for other people. They're not to manipulate, coerce, or have other people respond to your boundaries. Now, you can always make the request, and typically we do make a request when we communicate a boundary, but whether or not someone honors that boundary is up to them. It's our responsibility to stand by our boundary, to take a stand for the way we want our life to be, for how we want ourselves to be. And so these boundaries are what you said for yourself. And so with that said, the first must-have personal boundary 
is to understand that you are not responsible for what other people feel, think, or interpret. And you're also responsible for your emotional response. Other people cannot make you feel something that you do not accept. And I've talked about this before. Now, some people will argue with me. They'll argue for their limitation. They'll say, I de- my behaviors definitely impacts other people. Well, it does impact other people, but it does not make them feel any particular way. How they feel is their response to your behavior, and that is their freedom. If you try and alter your behavior in order to alter how people feel, you're essentially being a manipulator. You're manipulating the facts in order to coerce them to feel how you want them to feel. You're not giving them the freedom to respond independently or authentically. And so while people tell themselves that they are attempting to maneuver the situation to not have somebody else feel bad, you're essentially not giving them the freedom to respond authentically to you. And if you're lying, if you're bending the truth in order to manipulate their response, then it just compounds. It's even worse. You actually create a a relationship, a situation that is founded on falsehood, that's founded on illusion. And this is why one or more of you have had the experience of having a relationship end, and it could have been a friendship or an intimate relationship at some point in your life. And as you reflect back on it and look at their responses, you have the feeling, was it even real at all? Did I just make the whole thing up? Well, yes, you did. And depending on how much they misled you to believe something because they didn't want to create conflict, then they're complicit in the illusion as well. But we train people how to treat us. The boundaries that we set are establish the rules on how we want to be played with, how we want to engage with others. The next must-have personal boundary is the ability to say no when you want to say no and not say yes when you want to say no. And you can say no without explanation. Now, this is a boundary that you set. You Basically, it's a rule that you live by that you have the ability to say no. That if you feel it's a no, that you communicate honestly. That's a rule. That's a boundary that you've set for yourself. And what this boundary makes available is a sense of peace and equanimity. You actually feel a, a, a greater level of self-esteem, a, a self-respect, because you're not selling yourself out. You're not pimping yourself out. And this is where you might be embracing the prostitute archetype. And the archetype is is that you sell out, you sell what your real desire is in order for financial gain, for the esteem of another. And a lot of times that esteem, that perceived esteem from somebody else hasn't been discussed. It's just assumed on your part. So you're lying and manipulating in anticipation of some response that you're not really sure of is going to happen. And so the more honest you can be, the more congruent you can be in life. When you say no, when you want to say no, that is completely authentic. 
For years, I would lead people across burning hot coals as a firewalk instructor. And I wanted people to get to the edge of the coals and in that moment, make a decision based on their inner alignment, based on their inner signals. What was the most appropriate response for them? Would they walk or would they say no? You see, a considered no is more powerful than a yes said meant to please. I didn't quite get that to the degree until I said no standing in front of the coals. You see, as an instructor, I thought it was my responsibility to walk across first, to present an example of what it takes to walk across burning hot coals. And so I would always go first until one day I felt tired. I felt out of sorts. I felt a little tapped out. And so I said that I don't think I'm going to walk today and I'm going to give someone else the opportunity to walk first. And my God, people's hands shot up. I didn't realize I was actually robbing people of the opportunity to walk first. But it was after my saying no, me not walking for the first time, I don't know, years and hundreds of times walking across coals, I was faced the coals and I decided not to walk. And that was so powerful. It was so liberating. After that time, I only walked if I really felt it. I'd walked enough times over the years. I wasn't proving anything to myself anymore. It was, and I also accepted the fact that a lot of people, a lot of people wanted to be the first one across the coals because to them, it was a more powerful experience if they could walk across with no example, just on their own belief that they could do it. That was even more powerful for them. But as a business owner, I've learned to say no, no to certain clients, no to certain requests, and actually telling people, I'm not the best fit for you. I used to make it work, and I always did their job, I always got it, but I didn't always enjoy it. I, sometimes I worked a lot harder than I needed to for the money I was requesting, all because I didn't want to turn down a client. Now, if you don't want to pay the fee, I, there's other people I can refer you to that charge much less. I don't think they're as good, but if that's what you want, I'm willing to say no. I don't have to say yes. I don't have to work with people anymore, and that's, that's great freedom. For instance, take this coaching program that I created with Meg Lamb. As I want people to talk to me. I want, pe- I want to get to know different people's circumstances, what boundary issues are they are dealing with, what are the relationship dynamics, is this program even a good fit? My goal is to lead you to a qualified yes or a qualified no. See, a, a no arrived at through contemplation and consideration is one of the most powerful circumstances you can find yourself in. And if I can lead you there, that is empowering. Whether you participate in the program or not, I'm going to be here. I've been here for over 30 years, and I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. And so I don't need you in the program. Meg and I don't need you in the program. I'd like you to be in the program if it will make a difference for your life. But that's the only reason. So the next must-have personal boundary is the choice to not engage not engage in an argument, a conversation, or an activity if you don't want to. Now, this is similar to saying no, 
But it's also when you find that the conversation's going somewhere where you don't want it to go, you can withdraw. You can step away. You can say, this is a little too intense. I'd rather come back to it after we settle down a little bit and come back with a, a cooler temperament. Or you can even say, I'm, I'm getting so angry, I can't think straight. I don't want to say something that I don't mean. And I would prefer that we just adjourn and come back to this later, when we're both thinking straighter. But that's in intimate relationships, even friendships. But also, you you can choose not to participate when someone says something derogatory on some social media post. See, there's a certain amount of anonymity that someone has, and they feel like they can say anything. And so you can decide ahead of time that you're just not going to participate in those types of discussions. You basically disown them as having any credibility. In fact, I have a rule, if it's too abusive, that I'll just delete the comment and block the user. I have no problem doing that. If the only courage you have is sitting behind a a keyboard uh, with an anonymous or where you're not directly interacting with me, and I know it's something that you probably would not say to my face, you're deleted. And I admit that I only delete them, though, after I consider the validity of their statement. 99 times out of 100, their statement is not valid. It is not constructive criticism. It's not constructive feedback. And frankly, your opinion doesn't mean that much to me in that regard. I would rather, if you have an opinion about what I'm doing, that you just go elsewhere. Why spend the energy? Why spend the time to say something derogatory unless it's just to make yourself feel better? It's not really contributing to the conversation. And that goes with podcast listeners. You know, some people say they don't like what I say, and that's fine. I'm not for everybody. So there's plenty of other podcasts. Just find one that you resonate with. Another way to support this boundary, the choice to not engage, is to unplug. Unplug your phone. Unplug your computer one day a week or every day at a particular time. My phone spends the majority of the day in Do Not Disturb because I talk to clients. I have scheduled appointments. And many of my friends know that if they call me, they're not going to get me, more than likely, on the first ring, even my family. And so one of my boundaries is is that you call and you leave a message. And if you leave a message, I will call you back. If you call and don't leave a message, I'm not going to call you back. It wasn't that important to you. And then the other way I unplug is after 7 o'clock at night. I typically don't take calls after 7 p.m. because that's family time to me. And again, that's another boundary for me. I've set my priorities. Another must-have personal boundary is to maintain the sovereignty of your well-being. Like you make the decision that you are going to maintain over and, and make it a priority over other requests, other demands on you that you are going to focus on your own well-being. And how that boundary is supported is your commitment to time alone, uh, self-care, cleaning yourself, personal hygiene, getting a haircut, getting your hair styled, then moving your body, working out, exercising. A lot of people have difficulty making time or committing to meditating because it seems self-indulgent. It doesn't, it's like there's other productive things you can do. 
But after you've been meditating a while, you really get the value of it and you realize just how much it enriches your entire life so that that time that you set aside for meditation becomes sovereign. It becomes golden. And then another way I support this boundary of the sovereignty of my well-being is uninterrupted time. I get up early in the morning, typically anytime after 3, so 3, 4, 5, 6 o'clock, is all time that I get to spend with my own thoughts, meditating and writing and just being by myself. It's time that I really need. And so I make that a priority. It's a boundary. And my wife knows that she gets up coming downstairs while I'm up during this time can be sometimes an interruption to that dynamic. But I don't stop her from coming down, but she usually always apologizes for interrupting my time. And I love that. I appreciate that. Now, I no longer answer to a boss that governs my time or how I spend my time. But over the last couple of years, since 2020, and it was the pandemic, and a lot of people were working or are working remotely, the boundaries between when you're expected to be able or available for work or work conversations has blurred. And so this this boundary of maintaining the sovereignty of your own well-being also has to do with work boundaries, establishing boundaries on when it's appropriate for you to be contacted. If you go on vacation, you can set up ahead of time. I'm going to be on vacation and I will not be answering any email or the phone. I will not be answering any questions about work. And interestingly enough, this is a good reason or a big reason, not a good reason, but a big reason. A lot of people don't even take vacation because they feel like the place would fall apart without them. There's too many other things going on, too many things that they have direct control over that they almost say they can't go on vacation. Well, you can. You're not that irreplaceable, no matter how valuable you are. But if that's truly the case, then you're at fault. You're the one that created the monster. You need to train somebody. You need to put systems in place. You need to put practices uh, in place that can operate without you. Because otherwise, you've created yourself a prison. It's not a job. It's not a career. It's a prison. And so you kind of get the idea that having good boundaries and putting those systems in place and saying, you can't contact me, is actually healthier for the business and healthier for you. Another must-have personal boundary for satisfaction and happiness in life is to accept the fact that it's okay not to think, believe, or act as others. You can be yourself. You can. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to be different. And there's no need, when you really accept it, there's no need to defend yourself, validate, or explain why you believe or what's going on in your head to other people. It's just different. And you can accept that. There's no need to validate. There's no need to justify. That's when you know it's a boundary that you really believe in. But how many people of one political persuasion or another attempt to persuade and change the other person's mind? You can believe whatever you want from my perspective. It does not affect me. If it affects me, then I will let you know. I'll let you know my position, but I'm not going to defend it. I don't have to convince you the validity of my beliefs. 
I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. I honor your beliefs. And that brings me to the next personal boundary that you must have. And that's to honor other people's boundaries and to expect to be honored. Like if you communicate your boundaries, there is a certain expectation that your loved ones will honor your boundaries. And if they don't, there are consequences. Not necessarily dire consequences, but there is a reaction. There's like, if you don't honor this boundary, then I'm I'm not going to be able to participate with this. I'm not going to be able to talk to you. I'm not going to be able to hang out with you. If Aunt Margaret is a smoker and insists on smoking in the house, you can say, we're not smoking here. We don't allow smoke in the house. You're more than welcome to smoke outside, but we're not allowing it in the house. And if that's not a rule that you can accept, that's okay. You can't stay. And in that declaration of that boundary, you didn't say Aunt Margaret couldn't smoke. You didn't say smoking was bad, that she was stupid. You just said, we don't smoke in the house. And if you want to smoke, you're more than welcome to smoke outside. And if those options aren't agreeable to you, Aunt Margaret, then we ask you to leave. But chances are today, especially today, today's climate, today's culture, if you make that request, it's not that big of a deal, unless it's zero degrees outside. Then you ask the question, how can we create a win-win solution? You might have to let her smoke in the garage. The last boundary I have on my list is to you have the ability to process emotions on your own without other people influencing you. You can say that I, I don't want any feedback on how I should feel, how you think I should feel, what the appropriate response should be. My response is my response. Now, again, remember item number one, you accept responsibility for how you feel. You're not blaming somebody else for making you feel a particular way. It's your response to their actions. It's their your response to their words. You own your emotional response. But you also have the freedom to process any grief, any anger, any disappointment, any joy in any way that you see fit. And in reflection, you do not have the right to tell anyone else what their emotional response should be, could be. Their response is the response. And we're just assuming that they're accepting responsibility for how they feel and they're not blaming you. But I can remember a young woman many years ago that believed wholeheartedly that she was responsible for how other people felt. And she was, she said, I was brought up that way. I was brought up that we are, women are responsible for other people. We're caregivers. So we're responsible for the other people in our life. I said, no, you're not. You can't do anything to make me feel any way that I don't want to feel. She said, I bet I could. I said, okay, make me laugh. Make me laugh. That's what it was, silence. She couldn't make me laugh. (laughs) That wasn't even on her radar. You see, if she can't make me laugh, she can't make me feel anything that I don't want to feel. She can be a facilitator. But back to item number one. I'm responsible for how I feel 
It's my freedom to choose my response. Don't take that freedom away from me. Now, this list is something I created. It's something that I came upon or created myself based on the interactions of people and clients over the years, thousands of people. And I've identified them mostly because when they're not present, they cause toxic relationships, toxic dynamics, uh, disappointment and grief. And so I'm going to list again without any explanation, this list of must have personal boundaries. And number one is to not be responsible for what others feel, think, or interpret. It's also to accept your responsibility for your emotions. It is your responsibility, your ability to choose your response. Number two is the ability to say no when you want to say no, with or without an explanation. There's no requirement to offer an explanation. No is a complete sentence. You have the choice to not engage in an argument, a conversation, or an activity. You don't have to participate. Number four, maintain the sovereignty of your well-being, your mental, physical well-being, and your spiritual well-being. Five, it's okay not to think or believe as others or act as others. You don't have to go along with the program. Number six, you have the ability to process emotions on your own, independently of other people's perceptions, interpretations, or judgments. And the last one is to honor and be honored. Honor others' boundaries. Honor their sovereignty. Honor their well-being. Make it a priority. And expect them to make it your priority if you've communicated your boundary. If you want to dive a little deeper in this whole subject of boundaries, there is a free training available at yesdaniel.com. Meg and I got together and we created two trainings, actually. The first one is how to have a fulfilling relationship, how to create a fulfilling relationship. And there we discuss the four pitfalls that occur in different relationships, different dynamics that occur that are toxic to the longevity of your relationship. And the solution to that, I'll tell you what the secret is. The secret is to having firm boundaries. That takes care of a multitude of sins. But if you want to learn about the different pitfalls, then I suggest you watch The Secret to Having Fulfilling Relationships. The next one is an introduction. We're actually releasing the first module of our coaching program where it's a crash course in setting boundaries. And you can access either of those trainings or both of those trainings at yesdaniel.com. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>